This episode is being brought to you by DC Ink Screen Printing, a silk screen printing for custom t-shirts located in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. A black-owned screen printing company specializing in mass t-shirt production. Visit them at DC Inks SP on Instagram. Don Peace Collection, a black-owned Swiss watch company. Visit them on Instagram at Don Peace Collection. Fifth Shades, a premium eyewear brand and local philanthropy group. Visit them on Instagram at Fifth Shades. Property Dons, a property company located in Texas, quickly expanding throughout the global United States. And new this week, Building with B. Stewart. Visit her on Instagram at Building with B. Stewart to get your business where it needs to go. Let's get into this episode. It's Thursday, so here it is, another episode of the Comfortably Uncomfortable Podcast. But yours truly, I am Tremble. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. What made me comfortable and what made me uncomfortable for the week? Uh, let's see. No brainer here for what made me uncomfortable is fucking Corona. Welcome back, Corona. I know it's never left, but God damn it. These numbers are going crazy again out here. So it's time to sit my black ass down in the house. It's time for all of us to sit back down in the house. I know we got a little relaxed for a couple of months, but this shit is picking back up right around the time where we get to hang out with our friends for Friendsgivings and Thanksgiving. So let's all take a collective agreement to sit in the house for a couple of weeks. So that way, when it's time to meet for Christmas and Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving, all our family and friends that are here with us today are here with us then. So let's let's start this thing over. Let's go back in the house. It's getting cold, you know, right around. Perfect time for us to do all of that. So that's what made me uncomfortable for the week. What made me comfortable? This one's going to sound crazy. But uh, CNN legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin was suspended by the network for being exposed on a Zoom call. And allegedly he was masturbating with everyone watching. Now, I know you're thinking, like, why in the fuck did that make you comfortable? It made me comfortable for two reasons. One, because, hey, we are all living the same life. I don't know if you know how many times I'm working since I'm working from home right now in my full time job where I'm butt ass naked. Not a single piece of clothing on, not a sock, sometimes not even my fucking do-rag. So just to know that there are other people in the world living as foul as me makes me comfortable. Another reason why it makes me comfortable also is because I always, always, always make sure I check all my cameras on the computer before I even decide to masturbate. And I masturbate in my work chair sometimes and I masturbate while working sometimes. So I always make sure I fucking turn my fucking camera off. So that shit made me comfortable just to know that, hey, there is somebody out there living just like you. Um, This week, I don't really have I didn't really have much on my mind that I wanted to talk about. It wasn't nothing that was pressing for me. So I went on my Instagrams and I decided to, you know, do a little mailbag, have people ask me questions, have people send in topics. So I got some great, great, great stuff in. So I feel like I'm going to start there and, you know, we're going to see where that takes us. So let me get to the questions. Uh, Thanks everybody who put in the question. I really do appreciate the feedback. Uh, Let's get right into it. First question, my sick humor. I'm not sure where I got it from, to be honest. I'm a fucked up person. I think of the most fucked up jokes, the most fucked up scenarios. I always say fucked up shit. I honestly have no idea what's wrong with me. I was talking to a friend today and it was talking about a serious matter. And for some reason, right off the top of my head was a fucking sick, twisted joke that I can't even repeat on the air right now. But yeah, my humor is fucking all over the place. I honestly have no idea why Um, I'm trying to get better with it. If you know me, um, you know, this is true. Fuck it. I mean, if you listen to last week's episode, uh, I said a lot of fucked up shit that I thought was funny, but it wasn't funny. It was very serious. And speaking of last week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for the great feedback that I got. Loved it. I mean, from Twitter to Instagram to the personal messages to the DMs, it was overwhelming. I felt really loved. I felt really like I just felt proud for what I did. Um, For as many people who loved the episode, there were people who hated the episode. Um, They hated it because I said some things that they did not like. Um, So, hey. Um, but that's what's going to come with it. And, you know, I I knew when I started doing this, that that's going to be one of the pushbacks with some of the stuff I say, because I don't have a filter. Um, but if you heard last week's episode, um, I did not mean to glorify any of the actions that I did. I did them. So I was telling my story. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just type of shit you're going to hear on this, on these podcasts is those crazy fucked up stories that I got, because I am not kidding you. When I tell you, I have a story for everything. 
so yeah sick humor I'm not sure where i got it from i like twisted humor like i don't know some of the comedians i like is like Corey holcomb or dave Chappelle or just any of the comedians who say fucked up shit like shit that you probably shouldn't laugh at that's the type of stuff i laugh at i don't really laugh at the um you know kevin hart's or the uh mike ebbs i don't find any of that really funny like super funny where i'm laughing you gotta say fucked up shit for in order to get me to laugh so that's that i think that's where my sick humor comes from another question music uh preferences uh music preferences love talk love music love talking about music Right now, I'm really heavy into uh, Benny the Butcher. The Butcher is coming. Um, that that new CD. Um, I'm really into Bryson Tiller's new CD, Anniversary. Uh, Benny's CD is called Burden of Proof. Meant to say that. Love that. Love that. Love that good rapping shit. Uh, Bryson Tiller, I'm really into that right now. That's been on repeat. And for the last couple of months over this quarantine, I've been really in my party next door bag. So uh, I know he put out an EP of all the songs that were like out there on the internet on SoundCloud or YouTube. He made them available on the DSPs, the digital streaming platform. So I've really been looking, listening to those too. Uh, most of the time, though, I'm not really into rap, really. Um, you know, 80% of my uh, life day to day is listening to R&B, whether it's new R&B, uh, indie soul, the throwbacks. Um, that's really what I listen to. Love, love R&B. Uh, nothing better. To hear then, you know, some good singing, some, you know, soul singing, some passionate singing. So that's what I really listen to on a daily basis. I mean, I do get my rap in and I am a rap fan. I am a rap historian, so I know facts about rap. But in order to what I like to listen to is probably much uh, pretty much R&B, but I'll spring some rap in there. Um, but fuck, since you asked about music, I'll you know tell you my favorite rappers um, and feel free when this episode drops in the SoundCloud comments or on Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, tell me your top five. So let's get right into it. Uh, my top five rappers of all time. Uh, this is my list. So all you fuckheads who are going to complain about my list, understand that it is my list and you can suck my dick. Uh, so first, my f- greatest rapper of all time, in my opinion, is Sean Corey Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z. My number two favorite rapper is Kanye Omari West. Uh, my third, fa- my third favorite rapper of all time is the notorious B.I.G. Christopher Wallace. Uh, my fourth, uh, favorite rapper of all time, uh, would be Rick Ross. Um, and my fifth favorite rapper in my top five of all time, this is my list. It would have to be the late great Nipsey Hussle. So those are my five favorite rappers of all time. I love a lot of rapper- rappers, but those are my favorites. Um, like I said, R&B. So really R&B, my top five R&B artists of all time. And I know I may say some names, even like, okay, that's not R&B Trimble, that's pop or that's, you know, whatever. Favorite R&B artist of all time. uh, Number one, you know where I'm going with this. I am in the beehive. Beyonce, number one. Number two, Prince. Uh, Rest in peace, Prince. Love Prince to death. Uh, Number three is Fat Luther Vandross. No uh, disrespect to Skinny Luther, but Fat Luther was that boy. Uh, number four, got to go to Gerald Levert. Love Gerald Levert. Rest in peace, Gerald Levert. And my fifth favorite, which is a tie, it's like 5A, 5B, are Stevie Wonder and Whitney Houston. Those are my favorite, favorite um, singers or R&B or whatever you want to call it, artists. Uh, love them. <clears throat> my favorite Album of all time is Usher Confessions uh, on the singing side. My favorite rap album of all time would have to be Reasonable Doubt by Jay-Z. So those are my music topics. Another topic I got was what uh, some more wild ass stories about women. Uh, so I'll go ahead and answer that because um, I got plenty of those. And I was trying to think when I seen the question, like what type, what type of crazy story do I have about women? I'll tell you all this funny story. Um, well, I think it's funny. I'll give you two stories that I think are hilarious that my friends have heard before, but these are just funny ass stories in general. First one, I was uh, involved with a, a bigger girl. Um, don't want to call her fat, just a bigger girl. She was bigger than me, which isn't saying much because I'm five, six and a half, 145 pounds on a good day, but a bigger woman. And we were um, giving each other oral sex. Uh, so um, we were in a 69 position. Um, if you don't know what that is, Google it, kids. Um, we were in a 69 position and out of nowhere, 
she stands up like she tries to stand up off the bed. And when she stands up, she's holding me upside down. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but this is this really happened. We're I'm we're in the 69 position and she stands up off the bed, standing up and I'm upside down. So I'm upside down eating her pussy while she's she has me upside down sucking my dick. Those are the uh, benefits of being five, six, 147 pounds that, you know, women can pick you up. And like I said, I'm into, you know, some wild shit. And so sex is no different. So that was a wild story. I mean, I don't have much is uh, much to it. It was just that. And I didn't stop her. Um, and we did that for like a couple minutes and it was over. Another story I'll tell is that I was with one of my friends and I've never been into the whole, you know, flipping women or running a train on women. Never really been my style. Having sex in front of people never has been my style. But me and my boy one time, it was a Friday night um, and we had this thing where we call running twos. That means, you know, where you and your homeboy or you and your homegirl, you know, for the ladies out there, got it's two of y'all and it's two friends, you know, both of y'all like one. So you know, y'all get together and hang out or do whatever. Well, this particular time, me and my boy, you know, we like the set of friends. So, um, you know, we went over to their house and we kicking it with it, kicking it with them. And we end up going to the store to get uh, some liquor. And I, I, I never forget it was uh, we got some fucking hypnotic. Hypnotic used to be the shit back in the day. So don't front act like you didn't drink hypnotic. But we got uh, some hypnotic and I didn't really drink much at this time. So I don't even remember drinking a whole lot. But the girls drank. So me and my boy went and got the bottle. They drinking, you know, whatever, whatever. And, and I don't know how we got here, but one thing led to another. And we we in the bedroom and we having sex with two friends like my boy having sex with the girl. I'm with home girl. I'm having sex, you know, with the other girl. And, you know, we really just in there fucking right next to each other. Then all of a sudden I, you know, I'm doing my thing. At least I thought I'm, you know, giving my girl head and my homeboy, you know, he fuck another girl. And out of nowhere, this nigga decides like, fuck it. I'm about to take shit to the next level. And this nigga stands up and picks the girl up and starts fucking her. So now the girl I'm with looking at me crazy. I'm looking at her crazy because in my mind, I'm like, no, come on, sweetheart. You know, I can't pick you up. Like I'm smaller than you or we the fucking same size. And I think she realized like, hey, this nigga's not doing this to me. And we literally stopped and just start watching my homeboy and her homegirl. And this nigga is picking her up, fucking her standing up. Craziest shit I ever seen to date at the time. And my boy was wild for that. And ever since then, I'm never fucking in a room with somebody. I'm never doing that with my homeboy because like niggas want to show you up. And my friend who did this, he know who he is. He laughing right now. I know he laughing. And for those asking for names. Statue of limitations are not up on that. So I cannot go into that. Just know more of the story is if you cannot pick up the girl that you were with, do not have sex with your friend and the girl you with's homegirl in the room because niggas will try to outshine you every single time. That's a funny story. Um, another one. So I'm at a, a bar on a Saturday night um, down in Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm from in a, in a crowded bar called eat the worm. And I'm telling y'all, like, if you ever been to eat the worm, you know, it's not the biggest establishment. Um, and it's like hit or miss, you know, it's usually packed only at two o'clock when everybody leaving the other bars and coming there for food or to use the bathroom or to chop it up. I don't even remember what year this was, but this was like the most packed this bar had ever been in my life. Like wall to walk people, you couldn't move. And I don't even know what we was doing this day, but I know I was on one. I had that shit in me and I was faded. I was doing whatever. And this was in my, you know, if you listen to last week when I was wilding, this was when I was wilding at the height, at the height of, you know, my wild shit. But um, I walk in and fucking eat the worm. Never forget. And if you've been to eat the worm, you know, it's two, it's two bathrooms in the bar. So it's the bathroom right, um, right by the bar. And it's one way in the back. Anyway, uh, walk in, all my homies is right there by the first bathroom. And we deep this night. It's a lot of us women and men. We all deep. We having a good time. Everybody faded. It's just a good night. 
I see my boy Jay. And I'm talking to him, talking shit, popping shit, you know, the normal saying wild shit to my friends like I always do. And this chick that I was fucking or that I fucked, I can't remember at the time, walked in. So I hit, I tell Jay, I tap Jay and I'm like, Jay, I'm about to get hair from her in the bathroom. And I don't know if Jay thought I was bullshitting or not, but I leave or I think the girl leave first to go to the bathroom. I leave minutes after. And me and Jay just lock eyes and he just bust out laughing. I start laughing because he already know what type of time I'm on. So I go to the bathroom and back up before that. I told I know what happened. I told Jay like, Jay, I'm about to take this girl and tell her to come give me some head in the bathroom. And I think he may have doubted me. So I had to prove him wrong. So I text her. He started laughing. A couple minutes later, me and Jay lock eyes. And we just bust out laughing. He see me dip off to the bathroom. But Jay already knew Shorty had already went to the bathroom. So he already knew what type of time it was. So I go into the fucking bathroom. Now, mind you, the bar is packed. And it's not the end of the night. It's the middle of the night. Bar is fucking wall to wall packed. I'm such a fucking lunatic. I go to the bathroom. And I'm starting getting head from the Shorty in the bathroom in a packed fucking bar. But that wasn't enough for me. I knew all my friends who were at the table. So I pull out my phone and I uh, record Shorty giving me dome in the fucking bathroom at the fucking bar. And I don't think her face was in it. So if you hear this, because I know you're going to probably listen to this. um, I didn't show your face, or at least I don't think I did. And if I did, you already know my slogan, blame my head, not my heart. Anyway, I'm getting head in the bathroom. And that wasn't enough for me. So what do I do? I pull out my phone and I snap it. I recorded her giving me head in the bathroom just for proof. Just I don't even know why I did this because I didn't have to do this. This was this was extra shit. I recorded and sent it to all my fucking friends at the table. And these niggas is dying laughing. And everybody like, damn, Trembo been going a long time. And when I was done, I got head in there until I finished. Bust all in the mouth. Leave the fucking restroom. Come out to my friends and we just start fucking dying laughing because they knew I think at that point they knew like this nigga trembles a fucking lunatic so that's all the women's stories I got today I'm not giving y'all no more women's stories because I sound like a fucking crazy man but this shit was all in fun this was in my wilder days I'm a changed man at this point I promise um let's see what other questions do we have let's see let's see let's see um that's a good question, though. Um, those are just some of the stories I got because um, I got plenty of those where those come from. And I'll tell these stories that happen to me whenever the, um, you know, the, the situation arises. But like I said, this episode is more of a mailbag. Just answer some questions, jumping around different topics that people wanted to talk about. Um, question came, says, what some of your what some of your biggest fears? Um, I've got a lot of fears. Um which I know are like uncommon, you know, for men to say they got fears, but I got a lot. Cause like I said, like I got normally say, if you know me, then you know, I'm a naturally scary person. So I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of fears. Um, I have a couple like normal fears and I got like some irrational fears. Um, my number one fear, uh, this sounds crazy. Is I'm terrified of crickets. Uh, yes. Crickets, the ones that chirp little bugs. I do not fuck with crickets at all. I am scared of crickets. Um, I got some more serious fears, though, like um, I don't like to take naps during the day because for some reason I'm so fucking like like ang- my anxiety is so crazy and I'm so like anxious of a person. I'll be feeling like if I take a nap, I'm gonna miss something like I'm gonna wake up to fucking chaos. I'm gonna wake up to fucking girls arguing with me over on social media. That's the type of shit I think about Um, fears. I really don't have a fear like of heights or nothing like that. Like I'm. I'll fly in an airplane. I'll ride a roller coaster. Like, so no fears of that. Um, I do have a fear of like, you know, um, getting left at the altar, which I think is even, which I think is even an even bigger fear, like a, a deeper issue. Is like, nobody's going to admit this, but I, I'm scared of rejection. Like nobody wants to be told no. I don't know if it's because I was an only child and I was spoiled, but I hate no. Um, and also um, a huge, huge fear of mine is confrontation. And I'm slowly getting over this fear. And when I say confrontation, it's like it's at a point where good or bad confrontation, I try to avoid it at all times. I know um, I may seem like people listen like, well, but you're outgoing. 
et cetera, et cetera. But if you think about the first time you met me, everybody think for a second, the first time they met me, I promise I probably wasn't as outgoing as I became once I got comfortable with you. But confrontation, is just, it just makes me nervous. And I'm talking about like, I've avoided things for so long just because I didn't want to have that awkward conversation or that awkward feeling when you talk to somebody and you got to disappoint them or not know not knowing what they're going to say. And I've been slowly getting over that fear. I know it's a fear that a lot of people got who don't even realize they have it, but it's so bad with me. It's like if I watch a movie and like I told you, I think I told you before I'm into romantic comedies, but when I watch a movie and there's like a scene where like someone has to break some bad news to somebody or someone has to break somebody's heart or I know like you know, they play that eerie music and something's happening. I'll close my eyes and I won't watch it and I'll just hear it or I'll watch it with the volume down so I don't got to see or hear the confrontation on the TV. I know that's fucking crazy, but I put up a good front when I'm watching it with other people. But if I'm by myself at home and there's a scene or like a, on reality shows when they start to argue or they start to fight or it's a tense moment, I'll watch it with either not looking at it, just hearing it, or I'll watch it with no volume so I don't got to experience the full confrontation. That's how bad my fear of confrontation is. I'm working on it. I'm getting a, I'm a lot better. I'm getting a lot better at it. Um, I even tell you like one time, the time, I'll go back to this, um, the time when I found out I was having a kid. In my mind, I was so nervous. It wasn't even that I was trying to hide it. I was so nervous to like tell my mom just because you never, you never want, like, especially a guy, you don't want your mom to know that you have a sex. And then you don't want your mom to know that you have an unprotected sex. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, you having a baby by somebody I've never met before. So that's crazy. It's like, okay, now your mom, now my mom know I'm having sex. Now she know I'm not being responsible and she know her son's a whore. So it was all of that on top of, you know, just the fear of like, feeling like I was going to disappoint her. And knowing my mom is like, my mom is the coolest. Like, I could do anything and my mom's going to have my back, but it's like that just wanting to have that conversation with her. It was like driving me insane. So I had to have my cousin Nardo shout out Nardo. He had to come with me to my house so I could tell my mom. And I don't even know why I was so nervous. Like I was nervous, like shaking damn near to like having a panic attack. I didn't want to tell her because I was the conversation part. Just I hurt. It hurts me so much. Like it just makes me freak out like to the point where I'll take somebody something uh, before I tell it to their face. But anyway, telling my mom that it was nerve wracking. I was so fucking nervous, like beyond nervous to tell her. And when I told her, it was like, why was I so nervous for that? And that goes back to the name of this podcast, like being being fine with the unknown, being comfortable with your fears, you know, being being relaxed, being uncomfortably comfortable, like just being so uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, it makes you comfortable at the same time. And that was this and that was this when I told my mom that like I was so nervous, but like moms always do, you know, they make you, they make you feel so much better. I remember telling her and her like just making me see, making me feel so relaxed and so calm. It's like, why the fuck was I so nervous about that? And about that, I remember like my mom knowing how much, how, how uncomfortable I am, my confrontation. So like, she's, she knows that. And so she, you know, she, she knows how to deal with it. So I remember telling her, you know, Hey, I'm having a baby, you know, me crying just because I'm so nervous, not because I'm scared, but just because I was so nervous and the, you know, so I could just feel the uneasiness I was feeling and telling my mom that is that she didn't say much when I told her, you know, she gave me a hug, she gave me a kiss and she's like, you know, it's going to be all right. And then the next day she uh, left me a note and I have a, I took a picture of this note and she, um, she put it on the bathroom mirror. So when I woke up the next day and I'm going to read the note, it said, Bertrand, congratulations. A baby is a gift from God. You will be a wonderful daddy. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of who you are. Everything will be okay. Love you. So her knowing that like, Hey, I know my son. I know he don't want to talk about this the next day. Let's just start like nothing happened. And we're going to move forward. Like, okay, let's start preparing for a baby. But as far as us talking about all the details, don't got to say much. You're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Shout out to moms. That was a great moment. And speaking of that, I got another one that goes back to, <clears throat> back to my fear of confrontation or con like, you know, anything, any type of awkward moments. 
I never forget um, the year was 2000, 2008, I believe I was a sophomore. And I told you previously episode that I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18 in college, but I was still like messing around with women, you know, fooling around, hooking up with girls. So anyway, um, my mom, my mom's job, she worked, she used to work in Blair. So I used to get time or like, you know, plan around when she would be home from work. So I get off of school, you know, I can get some, you know, I can, I can have a female over and do my thing before mom get home and girl be gone. My mom not even know, you know, she, <laughs> she was there. So this particular day, I got this girl over who, you know, we've been talking crazy over MySpace, I believe at the time or Facebook and text. We talking reckless. Like, you know, I'm talking to her crazy. She's talking to me crazy. He's like, fuck it. You gonna come over here and we going you know, we gonna do what we gotta do. So I'm upstairs in my room with the girl. I'm getting head. I know you like hear another fucking story with you getting head, but I'm in the, I'm getting head from this girl. <clears throat> And I hear the fucking garage door open and I'm like, oh shit. Like my mom is here from work. Like what the fuck? She here early. Like she here like two hours early. I start freaking out the fear of that confrontation, the fear of like, oh shit, my mom going to see me with a girl. I'm, you know, I'm going to be in trouble. But like, again, knowing my mom, knowing like, I'm not really going to be in trouble. She's going to be disappointed. Cause like I'm being sneaky, but besides that, like, is she really going to care? But I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking, I'm always thinking the worst. So my fear of confrontation, my fear of confrontation clicked in so crazy that in my mind, it made more sense to, okay, hide the girl, hide the girl, hide the girl, but not realizing like at some point I can't hide this girl all night. So I tell the girl to like, you stay here and thinking back on it, like my mom came through the garage. So the the way our house was, was the garage on the bottom level. So I could have easily took Shorty out the front door down the stairs, out the front door, close the door before my mom even got out the fucking garage to come up the stairs. The girl could have, would have been gone. My mom never would have even known. I'm not thinking, cause I'm thinking irrational at this point, freaking out. Like I'm going to have to, my mom got to see me with this girl in the house and my mom didn't have a problem with girls being over the house. That was the crazy part. It's not like she told me I couldn't have girls. I just knew like, I'm, my pants are down. This girl's giving me head. I can't explain this one. But I could have easily either took her out the door or brought her down to the living room. But it's like I didn't even want to. Ex- I didn't even want to have a conversation with my mom. Like, you know, this is a girl. Like, I kind of like her. Whatever, whatever. So I tried to avoid it. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna hide her all night. Not even thinking of like, at some point, this got to end. So I tell the girl to relax, like chill out. You know, I'm thinking like I'm gonna wait till my mom get in the shower. You know, get shorty out the crib. Of course, my mom came in. She want to hang out. She want to talk. She want to talk about her day. She don't come in and take a shower right away. She start cooking. You know, she didn't even take her work clothes off. You know, she just, she getting to it. So I'm sitting down there with my mom talking to her. Meanwhile, there's a girl upstairs in my room still. And by this time, it's been like 15 minutes. So I'm going back and forth from the living room to my room. My mom, I'm like, what you, what you keep going back and forth for? Like, I'm like, my phone on the charger, just checking my phone. I'm going upstairs to check on the girl. My mom make dinner at this point. It, by this point, it's like 45 minutes. The girl's still upstairs. The girl ain't made a fucking sound. I'm still going back and forth upstairs. Like my mom not looking, like just going to check on the girl, whatever. Me and my mom eat dinner. My mom folding. My, at this point, my mom is folding clothes. She's folding laundry. I forgot the girl was upstairs at this point. So I'm sitting downstairs in the living room. And my mom goes upstairs with my clothes. I think my mom told me to put take my clothes upstairs. And I was like, I'll do it later. Mom was like, I'll just do it. Me not even thinking me forgetting that the girl's upstairs. Cause I'm so relaxed at this point. It had been up like to an hour and a half. The girl's still in my room. So my mom says, fuck it. I'll do it. She takes my clothes upstairs. And it's like, at that point I had a choice to make. Like I can tell my mom is a girl upstairs or I can continue to avoid this confrontation. Keep avoiding the inedible, inevitable. Sorry. And my mom gonna find it's a girl. So guess what I did? I avoided the inevitable and let it happen on its own. And all I hear is like silence. My mom go upstairs and my mom just cuss and say, what the fuck? Because my mom put the clothes in my room and was scared because there's a fucking human being sitting on the floor, staring back at her. It's this fucking girl that I left upstairs. Didn't tell my mom about. My mom just yelled my name like, Bertrand, what the fuck? And if you know my mom, like she wasn't, she didn't even say it in an angry voice. Like my mom just talked to me like that. Like she talks to me like the crazy man I am. So she just said, what the fuck? 
And I just, I'm speechless. I have nothing to say. The girl finally comes out of my room and like, I just tell her bye and she leaves. And instead of me going to my mom and talking to my mom about the situation, I didn't even talk to her about it. I didn't say, we didn't say much. We didn't talk about it the whole night. I don't know if my mom was waiting for me to bring it up or if I was waiting for her to bring it up. She just looked at me and shook her head. So instead of me having, avoiding the conversation, my fucking goofy ass, my mom, of course, goes to sleep before me. So what do I do? I go get a piece of paper and I write on the piece of paper word for word. This is what I said to my mom on the paper. I'm sorry. I didn't tell you that I had a girl in here. Cause I think I told my mom she was, she was helping me with work homework or something like that. And I got scared cause I didn't tell her she was coming over. And I was like, I lied. She wasn't helping me with homework. She was getting ready to give me head. I wrote that on a note and left it on the mirror. So my mom could see it in the morning when she woke up for work. Fucking lunatic. I am. I tell y'all a fucking lunatic. I have no idea what's wrong with me at all. I fucking need help for sure. Um, so that's a fucking story about my fucking fears, confrontation, and you'll hear a lot of stories about my confrontation, my fear of confrontation getting in the way or causing me trouble. That's one of them. Um, does it matter as a man how many bodies a woman has pet peeves and turnoffs? Um, for me, I can honestly say I know most of my guy friends will not agree with me on this. I'm one of those people where I may call. I may say like, oh, she a hoe. Or like I may say she a slut because of what she did with another man or something like that. But come down to it, I really don't care. I'm one of those people where I'm equal across the board. I can't tell you all those stories I told you all last week and then expect a woman not to do the same thing or not to have those same desires or same actions like me. Like I know it's a woman out there who's living just as who was living just as foul as me or will live just as foul as me. So um, women having amount of bodies means no different to me. Like if I like you, I like you. I don't care about none of that shit. I mean, all the women I've been with, they'll tell you I've never been one to ask or to complain about, Oh, how many do you have? Or who I don't give a fuck. Truly. I do not give a fuck. I say that confidently that when this comes out, there will be no woman who can say like, Oh no, he, he wasn't like that. I promise you I'll stand on that. I don't give a fuck, which is a whole nother conversation, which may have caused me uh, relationships in the past because I'm so chill and relaxed that I don't give a fuck. So a woman's body count means nothing to me ever. I don't care how many she has. If I like you, I like you. That's the end of that. Um, pet peeves or turnoffs. Um, really knowing how to dress. If a woman doesn't know how to dress now to a certain extent, I can help you, you know, I can help you well with some stuff, but if you have no sense of style, I really can't do nothing for you. Um, sense of humor. I like to have fun. I like to joke. Um, that's a turnoff, uh, for me. Um, if you don't have one, that's a turn off. Um, another one is women who, you know, constantly say, oh, well, my friend, my, my boyfriend or the man I'm talking to can't have a lot of friends that are girls. That's a turn. That's a turn off for me because as you know, most of my friends, most of my close friends are women. Um, I don't plan on getting rid of those women <laughs> at any point in my life. Um, so that would be a turn off for me, but I don't really have a lot of turn offs. Um, I like what I like. I like who I like. Uh, there's really not much you can you can do that will cause me um, in your past that will cause me to look the other way. So really not very many turnoffs, at least not on top of my head. Um, next question. And these questions are for, these next these four questions that I've read off in a row are from my cousin. Shout out to you, Janice. Um, would you be willing to be set up on a date? This came from my cousin. She's constantly asking me, uh, will I go on a date like a blind date or something like that? I'm not opposed to it. Um, right now, I wouldn't go on a date. Um, I may or may not be um, involved in a situation right now. Um, so right now, I don't. I wouldn't go on one. And I'm not sure if I would go on if I would go on one if I was in the right space to go on a blind date. Just because I'm a bit much. I'm hella weird. I'm hella picky. So that's like something that I would want someone to know about me. Like I don't want them to go on blind because I'm a lot to deal with. I'm a fucking lunatic for sure. So I wouldn't want to put that on nobody. Uh, when is the first guest? I plan on doing two more episodes in uh, this season. And then I'll start doing guests. I'm really waiting on Apple to approve me for uh, Apple podcast so I can get off SoundCloud. So Apple, if you're listening to this, um, yeah, go ahead and approve me. I ain't gonna hurt nobody. Can your girl have an OnlyFans? That goes back to the, um, does it matter to me if a woman has that many bodies? 
Yes, you can have an OnlyFans. I don't care. I am a subscriber to OnlyFans, so I will be hypocritical to tell you that you cannot have an OnlyFans when I um, have paid for girls OnlyFans because uh, why not? So if the girl, if my girl want to have OnlyFans, um, that's something I would you know talk to her about. Like, hey, let's figure out how we can do this together. We can get on OnlyFans together and make money. But if she want to do it solo, that's on her. Get your bag. I am not tripping off that at all. Um, <clears throat> what are your deal breakers with f- friends and relationships? Um, with friends, it's really, um, I don't really know deal breakers, um, because all the friends I've had, I don't really fall out with my friends. I'm not really one of those people that falls out with them. So I'm not sure any deal breakers when it comes to my friends. Um, cause once I consider you a friend, you know what I'm saying? You, my family at that point, like I always make a joke that, um, you know, I rather have the family you choose than the family you get. And what I mean by that is like, you can be family. Like, obviously we have our, we all have our blood family and you know, like our cousins that we're grown up with that we really don't have a choice, but to be their friend. You know, we love them, but we, we may not necessarily like them. And I feel that way. So it's like, if I can, if I call you a friend, you basically family. Cause you know, when you, when you have those cousins, when you growing up, it's like, you're forced to hang out with each other. You're forced to, you know, like the same stuff or like, you know, you just don't have any other option. But it's like, once you get older, it's like, I love my cousins, but we have nothing in fucking common. Like they're a fucking alien to me. Like <laughs> they're weird. I don't want to hang out with them. I'd rather hang out with somebody that I chose that I was an adult and I got to make a decision. Like, okay, I want this person in my life. Still love my cousin. will do anything for my cousins or other family members. But I may not hang out with you on a daily day basis because uh, we are two different worlds. So no deal breakers when it comes to um, uh, friendships, relationships. I've only been in one uh, and I was the cause of that one. So I don't know what I don't know what deal breakers there would be. Maybe um, honesty, I guess, is one. Um, No ambition is another one. And then I like to think I'm a funny guy. Um, I'm not like a super I'm not like a, you know, famous, but I'm a popular guy. So. If you meet me, expect the same, except expect me to be me in a relationship. If I can't be myself around you or you get mad at the same shit that you liked in the first in the in the first place and you hate it now that we're in a relationship, that's a deal breaker. Lose my number. Go to hell. Um, uh, what hood were you closest to getting jumped into? Uh, none. DMAC. Shout out to DMAC for this question. Uh, I was never close to getting jumped in the hood. Never intrigued me. I'm a scary person. So I would never, ever, ever consider um, being from a gang at all. I'm too scared of that. Um, what happened New Year's Eve? Um, the statute of limitations are not up on that New Year's Eve. I will not be talking about what happened New Year's Eve 2014. Just know it was a fucking movie. Just know it was a lot of shit going on, a lot of fucking, a lot of um, scandalous activities. But Maybe my last episode ever, I'll tell you what happened on New Year's, but right now I can't even get into it. Um, fatherhood, situations that made you comfortable and uncomfortable. That's a good fucking question. Um, fatherhood, a situation that made me uncomfortable. Um, let's see. Uh, the fucking birth uh made me uncomfortable. Because if you ever had a kid, you know, when that baby's head come out, the baby's head is like a cone shape. And I knew that going into it, but it's like until you actually um, see, it's like, whoa, is my baby's head ever going to change? That was uncomfortable. Um, what else is uncomfortable? Um, just having those conversations, like, um, my son is at the point now where like I battle or like, I don't battle like literally, but internally, like I battle in my head, like what's going to happen when, um, my son sees me with a woman that's not my friend that aren't my friend that is not one of my friends that he sees all the time or not his mother or not my cousins and he sees us like in a romantic way like how do I explain that like yeah that's your mom me and her aren't together but this is who I like this is my girlfriend this is the woman that's gonna be around some of the time like that's an uncomfortable situation that um like I deal with like I think about all the time because I know that eventually it's gonna come and I'm gonna have to have that conversation with him so that's gonna be uncomfortable just explaining like yo your dad was a fucking lunatic. It didn't work out. Here's what it is, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a conversation that I'm not dreading, but I just think will be uncomfortable. Um, what else is uncomfortable? Um, my, like I'm a scary person, like naturally with everything. So like 
I have to realize sometimes like my son is a child and kids are going to make mistakes. And I'm that person like I try to prevent all the mistakes from happening. And I'm starting to slowly like, okay, I got to let him bump his head on his own so he can understand like that's not going to work. He's not going to be able to do that. It doesn't work like that. But like anytime my son does a backflip or he jumps off something, I'm then having a fucking heart attack. And I'm like, yo, Bentley, stop doing that. Like, cause I just, I just see the work. I see the bad first and I don't ever think about the good, but I got to realize like, Hey, he got to do that flip. He got to bust his head. He got to, you know, bust his lip before he realized like, I can't jump off this fucking table or I can't jump off this fucking bed or I can't run that fast into the wall. I can't keep running. Or I'm going to trip over my own feet. So that those are uncomfortable situations. Other than that, man, fatherhood, this shit is fucking, this shit is a fucking breeze for real. Um, I don't like to think negative. So the whole, you know, having a black son in this society, I try not to think about, I mean, it's it's in the way, way back of my head. So I don't even think about that ever as much as I probably should, just because it's dangerous times out here. So that's not one of them. Um, talk about the Meg and Tory situation. Um, to be honest with you, I don't care about the situation at all. Like I truly don't give a fuck about <laughs> Meg and Tory. Um, I've never put my hands on a woman. Um, a woman has never put her hands on me. Um, if a story come out that that happened, she's a fucking liar. Um, but no, seriously, I never put my hands on anybody. So I don't even know like what, how to even like break down a situation or put myself into that situation. I honestly do not care. Um, either way, I like Megan as a rapper. I think she raps really, really well. Um, I like Tory Lanez to a certain extent. I like when he does those remakes of other people's songs, those chick tape, those chicks tapes. I'm not really a Tory Lanez fan, but like when he does his own shit. So if I never had to hear another Tory Lanez song again, I wouldn't care. Um, if I'm just giving my opinion, I'm leaning towards believing Meg um, just because, I mean, the doctors and everybody said like, hey, she was shot. Now, who shot her? I don't know. I know Tory Lanez needs a new publicist. He's handling the situation terrible. I've never seen somebody handle a situation more terrible than Tory Lanez. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Um, releasing a CD, talking about it, but not really talking about it. And then going on Instagram live saying that she was shot, but not saying who shot her. Cause he said he didn't shot her. He didn't shoot her. I just know he's handling his career. Terrible, 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 terrible. He needs to hire a new fucking team. Um, another question. Address Cardi B's uh, big ass areolas. If you aren't familiar <laughs> with this, Cardi B accidentally uploaded uh, her titties on Instagram story a couple weeks ago. And of course, the Internet being the Internet, they act like they never seen titties before. They act like they never seen areolas before. So, of course, everybody all of a sudden started hating titties out of nowhere. I seen grown men talking about how they wouldn't suck Cardi B's titty because it looked ugly. Let me tell you something right now. Those niggas are weirdos and never had the opportunity to suck titties in their life. Full disclosure, I'm a titty man. I love everything about titties. I will suck titties for the rest of my life if I could. I'm titties over ass. So that's where I stand with it. Um, I love Cardi B's titties because, again, I love titties. She has nice titties to me. She was laying down. They were, like you know, flat smashed. All titties look like that when, they, when they're smashed down. Trust me, I've know, I know I've sucked many titties before. Love your titties. I love a big areola. I love all size nipples. I have no problem with Cardi B's titties. Um, people take new pictures all the time. I have a camera roll full of my dick. So I totally understand with Cardi. I have not accidentally uploaded one uh, before, but I have accidentally sent it to somebody before. So um, no opinion on Cardi B. Love Cardi B's titties. I uh, love all titties. Free the titties, free the tatas. Um, tell us why you don't use condoms. Uh, this, of course, came from one of my friends because they're a fucking lunatic and they wanted me to talk crazy on this fucking microphone. Um, I use condoms. I have used condoms. I don't use condoms for one simple reason. Have you ever had sex without a condom? Exactly. I let I didn't speak for a couple of seconds. I wanted you to I want you to think about how amazing sex is without a condom. Why the fuck would I ruin something beautiful like that with a fucking piece of plastic? Um, but no, I don't have, a, I don't use a condom because it's usually in the heat of the moment. 
Um, and I want to feel that shit. Like I'm risking if I my motto is if I have to wear condom with you, I probably shouldn't be having sex with you. I know that sounds crazy, but that this is my podcast. This is my story. And this is how I fucking think. And I'm the type of person where I have a fucking whole nightstand full of condom. I have a nightstand with a box of condoms. You think I opened that nightstand and got a condom out the last time I had sex? No. You think I thought about that condom? No. Do I have my ever scared about STDs? No. Uh, why? Because I believe in God and I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. Anything the devil can do to me, it won't affect me because I'm covered in the blood. Um, that's my story on condoms. Um, another question. Um, tell the people about you fake cramping. Uh, again, one of my friends want me to look bad on this microphone. Um, so I told a story to my friend or I have told the story to two of my friends before. Um, I'm weird. And you'll learn this the more you listen to this podcast. I'm a strange individual. So. I have to really like you to have sex with you. Let me say that again. I have to really like somebody to have sex with them. Now, let me break that down for you. I can have sex with somebody like initially, like I can, you know, I can get hard. You know, I can get aroused. I can get them aroused. I can do all of that. I can engage in that in that action with a person. But in order for me to sustain myself throughout the entire sexual encounter or um, to be able to, you know, just to stay aroused after really like you. I know he's like, what the fuck? What type of nigga are you? I know all the dudes like this nigga is a weirdo. I can fuck anything. I can't. So example, it's been many times where I'm fucking somebody or getting hair from somebody. And all of a sudden I go soft. And I know girls probably looking like, well, what the fuck? Like what's going on? It's not because I got something wrong with me. It's just like, I start thinking rational at this point. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why, why do I got my dick in this woman? Well, like I'm going soft. Like I'm not talking about like, Oh, I get a little soft. I'm talking about, I go completely soft where my shit is like tucked in my stomach soft. And it's like, damn, they looking around at me and I'm looking at them. And it's like, what do I do when that happens? <laughs> I'm gonna tell my secret right now. Um, but I'm out the game at this point. I'm, I don't live this life anymore, but if I ever had sex with you and I, act like, or I faked a cramp is because I went soft and I just wasn't into you like that. Like I thought I was when we started fucking. So midway, I'm a fake. Like I got a cramp and I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. I'm gonna roll up out like, Oh shit. I got a cramp. I got a cramp. I got a cramp. I can't keep doing this. And I'm gonna, we gonna stop having sex. And y'all gonna think that I had a cramp nine times out of 10. There wasn't shit wrong with me. I didn't have no fucking cramp. I just went soft and I couldn't get it back up because I wasn't that into you. Like I thought I was when I put it in you at first. So that's my story about the cramp. I just gave up a fucking crucial secret. Um, so now I know probably every girl that I fucking did that to gonna fucking hit me up like, wait, so you didn't really have a cramp. Sorry. Catch the bag. I did not have a cramp cramp. I'm a fucking lunatic. I know I am sorry. Um, one more question. Let's see what else we got. What else we got? Um, tell us about a time you were high. Um, never forget, um, me and my friends, um, Ted, Sean and Jay, we in fucking Arizona. This one, um, our boy Ted lived in Arizona. Um, shout out to Camelback Ted. If you know, you know, um, but we were in Arizona and we was at a fucking club and, um, me and, uh, me and my boy, we in there. And I had a friend out there that I went to high school with. She was out there. So she had an edible in her purse. Like it was like an edible, um, edible, um, Flintstone cereal bar, like whatever the fuck them is. Like the, um, I forget what the fucking name of the cereal is, but fruity pebble, fruity pebble, uh, like weed, um, rice crispy treat type of vibe. So we in the club and party jumping and my homegirl, she started giving us pieces of the fucking, um, edible. Uh, we eating edible like it's fucking candy. Like we just pop and we damn near ate this whole bar and it was a thick ass bar. So we in the club, like, man, this shit ain't doing nothing. So we just keep eating the fucking edible, keep eating the fucking edible. And if you ever took an edible, then you already know like that is a no go. You can't do that at all. 
So we eat the fucking edible or whatever. And we having a fucking blast in a club, like whatever. Club get over. We getting ready to leave, not feeling shit. Like, man, that shit was weak. Man, when I tell y'all, we hit the fucking door to go out the club and the fucking air smacked us. When I tell y'all, I'll start losing my shit. I was so high. Like, I was freaking out. Like, I was panicking, losing it. We in the car. I'm not telling nobody, but we in the car. We going back. And I just tell my friends, like, yo, can y'all feel y'all legs? Like, I'm tweaking. Like, I'm tripping, losing my mind in the backseat. Like, damn, they're having a panic attack. My homegirl had to come get me. My friends went back to the um to my homeboy house to go to sleep. I had to go with my homework because I was tripping. And she gave me the edibles trying to get me to calm down off the edible. I'm losing my mind, like super fucking high, tripping, like just all over the place. Like it was a bad experience. I thought I was going to fucking die. That was my fucking time off uh, edible being high. I was really tripping, like never again, ever again. I was fucked up off the edible. That was my... um. My high story for real. Um, what are the, do I have any more questions? I do not have any questions. That was all the questions I had. I uh, appreciated all those questions. Um, hopefully, if you ask questions, you like the answer I gave. Um, I'll be back next week with a lot more to talk about. Um, but I just wanted to do a mailbag every once in a while where um have somebody ask me some questions, throw some topics out that I can answer, that I can talk about. Um, so as always. Um, love the trembo because the trembo loves you back stay in the house stay safe and don't forget we got 12 fucking days before the election make sure y'all take your asses out there and go go fucking vote i'm out